just in that moment, we were praying. Um, like the Lord told me, he's like, I'm faithful to my, my word. I, I was singing it. Faithful to my word. And then he's like, I'm faithful to my promises. And then he said this to me. I'm even faithful to the desires I'm birthing in you. Yeah, come on. <clears throat> come on. And that's, that was a different one for me. Because it gave me permission to believe that the desires that he's birthing in me are with, how do I say it? They're covered in his word. In other words, when he sends forth a promise, when he sends forth his word, it's guaranteed by him. Like, it's stamped and approved by him. It's also stamped and approved and guaranteed in heaven. When he births desires inside of us, he also wants those things to happen. This may be really short. This may be a mess. I don't know. I'm winging it here. But I I can't move on from that because there was such a weight on that when he said it to me. And I feel like it unlocked something in me. Um, How many of you, um, how many grew up with the thought or heard the teaching or felt in a religious atmosphere that our desires were evil? Let's just be honest. Let's just take our time. Let's just relax. We're in the living room today, all right? We're in someone's living room. We're chilling. Um, How many heard that, felt that, or ever had desires, and you're like, oh, that can't be from God, or that's not, that's not right. Any, um, yeah, participation helps. Yes, yes, yes. All right, so good. I'm not, if I was the only one, I was going to go preach the other thing and just preach this to me later, right? (laughs) Um, And I, I grew up thinking that I couldn't trust my desires, And really what was happening the whole time was I was undermining my partnership with him. Yeah. Come on. Come on. I hope this makes sense. <clears throat> the whole time that I was in that place of contradiction of my desires, God's desires, mine are evil, his are good. I can't possibly want something that's righteous. He couldn't possibly give me something beyond my wildest dreams to desire. That's me. That's pride. How many have ever dreamed of something really big and felt, oh, that's just my pride, or that's my ambition, or I want to be somebody, I want to be famous, or I want to be wealthy, or I want to be known, or I want to be successful in this realm. And what we do is we undermine the invitation to partner with him with those desires. And I feel like today, God is going to give us, he is, he has given us an invitation back into that partnership where the desires of our heart partner with the desires of his heart. Yeah, come on. Come on. <laughs> let's read it. Maybe that, may that help. You're, look, you're looking at me like, mm, let's go for it. Psalm 37. Psalm 37. I'm going to read a little bit of it. I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. All right, so the words will be a little more poetic, pretty much the same as what you're reading in whatever translation. Just a little more detail, right? So Psalms 37, verse 1. Psalm 37, verse 1. Don't follow after the wicked ones. That's great advice. 
Don't follow. I think he's saying more than don't follow them. Don't do things the way the wicked ones do them. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like Romans. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. It's a very similar uh, meaning here. Don't be like the world. Don't pursue things the way the world does. And then don't be jealous of their wealth. And let's, let's put a few words in there instead of wealth. Don't be jealous of their success. Don't be jealous of their seemingly easy life. Don't be jealous of their ability to seemingly do whatever they want and not feel guilty for it. Don't be jealous of their homes. Don't be jealous of their cars, their businesses. Don't think for a moment that they are better off than you are. David, this is David writing, who often would say, why are the wicked prospering? Yeah. Come on. He would look around and say, everyone around me, they're all wicked, and they're all doing better than me, and they're all trying to kill me. This was David's sentiment a lot. And here he's saying, don't for one moment be jealous of them. Yeah. And they're short, they live, they don't be jealous for them. Don't think that they're better off from you. They and their short-lived success will soon shrivel up and quickly fade away. Now, I don't want wicked things to happen to wicked people. But what he's saying, he's not saying, ha-ha, look at them, their day will come. Because the church has done that before, right? It's kind of like Westboro Baptist Church with all their picketing at funerals and signs. That they, like that, that's that, oh, well, the wicked deserve what they get. That's not what he's saying here. He's saying don't be jealous of short-lived success. Don't be jealous of short-term perceived freedom. Don't be jealous of what looks like a great life, but it's really going to end up to be nothing. All right? Keep trusting in the Lord and do what is right in his eyes. Would you say that? Do what is right in his eyes. Yeah. What did it say after uh, when God decided, okay, look, man has gone way off, off the reservation here. This is really bad. Um, they were doing what was right in their, their own, eyes. own eyes. And that kind of describes today. We're doing what's right in our own eyes. We even have terms like our truth. Oh, that when I hear that, that like, I'm just telling you my truth. I'm like, it makes me cringe, right? Like, it's either truth or not truth. It's not my truth. It's, it's my story versus your story. We're doing what's right in our own eyes, it seems like. It says, fix your heart on the promises of God and you will be secure. So how do we make sure we're secure? We fix our heart. We anchor our heart on the promises of God. Now, that is something that we have to learn how to do in practice because a lot of times when we anchor our heart to a promise that has not been fulfilled, it's easy for us to feel hopeless in that moment. Are you all okay? I, <laughs> I'm going to go back there. I want to remember where I'm at. It's easy when you see what is promised and where you're at now to be like, well, this isn't fun compared to that. And I'm really jealous and long for that time. It's easy to anchor myself to a promise in a way that's unhealthy 
But there's also a healthy way to anchor ourselves to a promise that inspires hope inside of us instead of disappointment. How many of you have had prophetic words spoken of your life? How many have all come true? So this is something we all need. I remember a time in my life where I got so many prophetic words, like everywhere I went, it seemed like every person that could prophesy wanted to prophesy over me. And this is how I felt in my heart. Don't you dare prophesy another word about my future over me because right now is not fun. And if you tell me about my future one more time, you're just making my now more miserable. I don't hear it. (laughs) Right. Because there's this, there's this longing for the not yet. But the kingdom, you've probably heard this, the kingdom is the now and the not yet. Like we live in the tension between it's now, but it's also coming. So we have to learn how to position our hearts in a way where the now doesn't disappoint us compared to the future. And the way we do that is we rejoice by doing what pleases the Lord. The way we anchor ourselves to the promises in a way that does not create disappointment in our heart is that we like to do what is right in God's eyes. What I mean by that is if God has given us a promise, it's a a specific promise in the future, then the way I anchor myself to that is I remind myself that God promised it, he's faithful, he will do it, and then I want to take every step of obedience toward that promise and feel the reward of every step. I want to feel the reward of every step. That's something we have to teach ourselves because we are so um, tuned into pain and so tuned into punishing ourselves and so tuned into when we fail immediately having consequences. We're not as equally tuned into when we succeed celebrating every success. And God wants to refocus our attention today to the promises that he's made for us in a way that anchors us in hope. Come on. And then just walk toward that thing. Not allow our heart to become sick because it has not happened yet. What's that song that Bethel sings? He's in the waiting. Take courage, my soul. Stay steadfast. He's in the waiting. Enjoying the journey. Come on. Now, we, we recently went on vacation, like the anticipation for going away on a trip, like it's like, yes, yes, yes. And the closer you, I know you guys are about to go on a trip, like you get so excited and then you go and it's like, there's a letdown. Yeah. Not during the vacation, like on the back end of the vacation, you're like, yeah, we're about to have to go home and you start packing your suitcase to go back to the airport. And you're like, I don't want it to be over. And we just kind of don't enjoy things very well. That, then it's, what's the next thing? What's the next thing I can point my affection to and get all, like, we have to learn. We need to celebrate better. We need to enjoy things better. And it's not in a worldly way, like live in the now. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about knowing that I am in the hand of God. He's going to keep every promise that he's made to me. All I have to do 
is to do whatever he tells me to do. If he tells me to move, I move. If he tells me to sit, I sit. And then I need to rejoice that I did what he told me to do. Amen? All right, let's keep going. Keep trusting in the Lord. Do what is right in his eyes. Fix your heart on the promises of God and you will be secure. Feasting on his faithfulness. So in the waiting, what should we, what should we be doing? Hey, remember when God did that thing? You remember that time when God did that thing? Man, that was awesome. <laughs> you remember that when God answered that prayer? That was so great. What we're doing is we're reminding ourselves of our history with God, and it keeps us in line with where we're going, right? Make God. Other translations say, delight yourself in the Lord. Would you say that? Delight myself in the Lord. He says, make God your utmost delight and, and the pleasure of your life. And what will he do? He will provide for you what you desire the most. Other translations we learned in school was, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, I, I've, growing up as well, we heard this in, in, a, in this way. I heard, I translated it this way, that he would force into my heart the things that he wanted me to have. And I also heard it that whatever I want, he'll do it. Like I heard both sides and neither one of them are accurate. Yeah, come on. What he wants us to do is to partner with him, yeah. to dream with him. Yeah. <clears throat> come on. Let, me, let me just go here. All, all you people that have been in a loving relationship, that courting process, those are some of the best times of our life, right? Because I remember we would sit down or we would go for a walk. Yeah, come on, sit really close to your spouse if they're in the room with you. Yeah, sorry, baby. We would go for a walk, and, and what would we do? We would dream about our future. We would talk about, well, how many kids do you want to have? Thousands. <laughs> well, where do you want to live? I can live anywhere as long as I'm with you, baby, right? <laughs> what kind of job do you want to have? I don't know. What do you want to name our kids? Oh, where do we want to go on vacation, on our honeymoon? Where do we want to go? And you start dreaming about your future together. And there's this thing that bonds you together in that process of, yeah, I came into my marriage with my own dreams, right? Mandy came into our marriage with her own dreams. But when we begin to become one, we begin to dream together. Because I begin to delight in her only, we begin to dream together. That's what this scripture is saying for us to do with God. Make him your one source. Delight yourself in the Lord. And then go on that date with him and dream about your future. What do you want to do, God? Here's the best way for his desires to be birthed in us. God, what would you like to do in me? I have a limited perspective. Well, what do you want to do in my life? From where you're at, where you sit, where you see everything, where you are not bound by any limitation. Would you say that God is not bound by any limitation? So God, I want to dream with you. Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? 
What do you want to do in my life? What gifts do you want to give me? What desires do you want to stir up inside of me? And then you come into that place of oneness with him. And he grants those desires. And then you go through your history with him. And I love those times when you go back in your marriage, especially around anniversary time. It seems to be the best time we do this. We write these. I like to write these notes in, our, in the card from Mandy. And we, we talk about how we love our life together. I love the kids that we have. I love the journey that we've been on. We're rem- remembering. And then when things that happen in your marriage, you celebrate. God, remember when you did this? There's a lot of celebrating going on that we need to do. And it's the journey of walking with God and making him the desire of our, the, the, the one desire. And then he gives us the desires of our heart. And here's what I felt like he was saying to, to me today, and I felt like I needed to share it. The authority that he has on his promises is the authority he wants to place on the desires he births inside of us to where we can believe for those things and hold on to those things. We put the ask list up there last year. It's crazy how many things have happened on that list. Uh, we put something up there, and two weeks later, it's done. You put something over there, it's done a week later. I mean, it's unbelievable how God's doing this. Oh, and some of us have forgotten to put stuff up there because it's just, we forget, we move on. God is, how many this year, God's done something on your list that you ask him for? Come on. By faith. All because we just ask him to. Just ask. Ask me. So two weeks ago when I spoke, if you didn't hear it, go back and listen to it. It would go in my resume. That's what I was telling. (laughs) Free indeed. Like God wants us to be free. And the, the biggest enemy to our freedom is our independence from God. The biggest enemy to our freedom is me thinking I can do anything apart from him. And it's in Mark 8 where he says, if you try to save your life, if you try to preserve your life, you will, do you know what the word there, save, is? It's sozo, you guys. It, if you try to sozo your own life, you will lose it. Sozo is a Greek word, just for those that may not know or remember. It means to be saved, healed, delivered. All of it. He who tries to save his own life will lose it. He who tries to heal his own life will lose it. He who tries to bring freedom or deliverance to his own life will lose it. But whoever loses his life, he whoever gives over his life to one that's greater than him will find life. Not just life, abundant life, eternal life, perpetual life. Life that gives birth to life. Winning streaks. How many have had a, a win and a loss, a win and a loss, a win, a, a win, a loss, a win, a draw? If you're soccer fans, like most, a lot of the guys here, win, a draw. What was, I don't remember what the movie is, so forgive me. I don't know if it's a good one or a bad one, but for some, I remember you put two in a row. That's called a winning streak. I think it was probably Major League. You win two of those, it's called a winning streak. God wants us to have perpetual life, which means life that gives birth to life, which means we have a streak of victory instead of the up 
and the down and the up and the down. He said it like this. We would go from glory to glory, from strength to strength. But if I try to preserve my life, heal my life, deliver my life, make my own way, my own desires, I will lose everything he wants to give me. But if I will partner myself with his life and say, I was crucified in Christ, let me believe that. That is our doctrine. We believe this. We weren't just, Jesus wasn't just crucified up there on his own. He was. But we, all of us, were crucified in Christ on the cross. When he was crucified, he took all of humankind's punishment on the cross. Galatians 2 says it like this. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And so the life that I live now, I live unto him. So this is where God's taking us as a church. He wants us to stop being self-reliant, self-preserving. And he wants us to surrender to him. It was a few months back, and, and I spoke on God wants us to go for a walk. And I, I can't get that out of my personal prayer time. That that's what it is now. My personal time with God, it's a walk with God. He just wants to go for a walk. Just come on, let's go for a walk. There's no agenda. It's like every now and then when I'm going somewhere, I'm like, hey, come ride with me in the car. I just want you to just, just go ride. Let's go for a ride. Come ride in the car with me. I just want to be with you. How many want to be free? How many want the desires of our heart to come to pass? He's faithful to the desires he gives us. How do you know if it's from him or not? I'm going to give you four steps. How you know? I'm kidding. <laughs> there's no four steps. There's no eight steps. There's no 20,000 steps of how you figure out if it's from God or not. That's why he gave us his voice. That's why he gave us his spirit to walk with us. The paraclete, the one who walks beside us. He wants to walk with us on this journey so that when we come into any situation that we don't know or understand or have an answer for, we can say, hey, what do you think about this? He's our counselor. Okay, that's what we should do. Do it. This is something that I've heard Danny Silk use this term in dealing with people. And it was very interesting because it was kind of more in a a different kind of setting. It was was told from his assistant. And he'll say to people, what would make me a genius to give you this job? What would make me feel like a genius to let you do this thing? or to start this ministry, or to, what would make me feel like a genius? And I started thinking about that. I want to feel like a genius all the time. Not because I want to be smarter than everyone, but because I don't want to feel stupid. I don't want to be a fool. Hey, hello? So God, what can we do right now that would make me feel like a genius tomorrow? So there's no shame. 
What decision can we make for our future that we would be like, man, I'm so glad we made that decision. Thank you for that advice. We're a good team, right? That's what he wants from us. That's it. That's all I got. I'm not even going to fill the 10 minutes just because I feel like I have to. Why don't you stand? (laughs) Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Here's how we're going to pray. I want to ask it this way. I have been more comfortable with God giving me a word or a promise than a desire. And I'm like, oh, I could just, you tell them, you prophesy over me, you show me a scripture. Out, from here in, I, I can trust that. But then when the thing comes from in here, I'm kind of like, hmm, I don't know. I don't know. And I, I don't know if I, I don't think I'm the only one that feels that way. And I, I want the Lord today to break down that barrier that we have of thinking that it's impossible for me to desire what he desires. So, Father, first we come to you. We'll just go back to an old prayer. Forgive us for limiting the Holy One of Israel. Forgive us for forgetting all of your benefits. Forgive us for not believing you're as good as you really are. Forgive us, God, for believing that even though we said yes to you, we're still evil in some way. Forgive us for believing that even though we are hidden in you, that we can't desire righteous things. God, I ask today that you would break down that lie and that you would stir up the truth that we can desire righteousness that we can desire righteous and good things, and that it is your good pleasure to give us the kingdom. So, Father, we come back to this place of delighting ourselves in you. We anchor ourselves to our love for you. You are the most important thing in our lives. Come on, how many feel that way? Jesus, you are the most important thing in my life. And I ask you, God, that you would remind people here of desires. Maybe they've been hidden. Maybe they've been just trampled down by life and the desire has been pushed down. God, I ask that you would reignite those desires that you stirred up in people's hearts. The prayer they no longer pray, God, I ask that you would answer. The thing that seems too good to be true that you put inside of us, we ask that you would help us to anchor ourselves to that promise, to that desire. One more thing I want us to pray. 
going to ask for hands here. How many have been lazy or lackadaisical in the pursuit of the desires God has given us? <laughs> that ends today. Mandy read it. It requires something of us. These things require something of us. We can't think that we can have the fullness of the kingdom and it not cost us anything. And it costs us our passion. So God, I ask today that you would renew passion inside of every one of us. A passion to go after the things that you've put inside of our hearts. That we will not be stopped by any obstacle. That we will not make any more excuses. That we will not make lack an excuse any longer. That we will not make lack of resources or, or ability or being in the right room stop us from having the things that you put inside of our hearts. You know no boundaries. And God, I ask that our passion will know no boundaries. That we will be fearless. Come on, that we will be fearless in the pursuit of the dreams and the visions and the passions you've put inside of our hearts. All of creation is groaning and longing for us to realize who we are and to take hold of our inheritance. Do not use lack as a case for wisdom. It would be foolish to go for that thing because I don't have the right stuff. I don't have. Do not allow lack to become an excuse. Come on. Would you pray for your neighbor? Come on. If it's your spouse, dream. Dream with them, yeah? If you want to, pray, dream. Hmm. We expect that board to triple our answered prayers and desires. <laughs> In the realms of salvation and healing and deliverance, we expect a, a return, God, on our surrender. We say yes to you. We will not limit you. <laughs> you keep your word, you keep your promises, and you even keep the desires you've birthed in us, God. This is the truth. I want to do one more thing. If you have a huge desire and you know it's from God and you just want us to partner with you today and pray, I want you to come to the front. Come on. You have a huge desire that you know is from God, like you just know it 
and you want us to partner with you to pray, birth that thing, come to the front. We're going to pray. I felt like I wanted to pray one more time before we go. Yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. <laughs> with men, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So those of you with faith, would you come up behind one of these? And I want you to pray with faith. And we're birthing something, all right? We're birthing something, God. We just say yes right now. Hmm. Yeah. Nothing is impossible. <laughs> <laughs>